Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So for those of you at home following along, we are continuing down through Genesis, continuing the story of Abraham and the lineage, the origin story of the Israelites as a people. And we saw how God made a bunch of promises to Abraham and said, you'll have a son. And then finally, at the ripe age of 100 years old, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, finally have their first kid together and they name him Isaac. And we're going to fast forward past all the embarrassing potty training years and past puberty and past Isaac's prom and everything and go straight into when Isaac's about 40 years old and he's married to his wife Rebecca and that's when that's when the story is going to start kicking in and uh, I'm going to go over a little bit right now at the very beginning here of the show before we get into the rest of it later because there's just a little bit I want to cover it's just it's crazy to me so they did there's this whole thing where God comes to Isaac he's like hey I had this deal with your dad and uh, are you cool with it too like just kind of do what I say and and follow my rules and I'll make you a great people you know same same deal and Isaac agrees and like so so they're cool now Uh, but then there's like a little bit of like a famine going on in the land and so they go down to Gerar or Gerar whatever you however you say it same place we talked about last time and he's down there because of the famine and they've got food I guess and while he's there he just he does the same bullshit that his dad did where he's afraid because his wife is so beautiful that the king or someone is going to want to take her for themselves and kill him so fearing for his life because of his hot wife he 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 convinces his wife Rebecca to tell everyone that they are brother and sister and wouldn't you know it they're in the same spot where the same king is still here King Abimelech from last week's episode, and he sees this beautiful woman, Rebecca, this guy's sister, and he's about to scoop her up to be his wife again. And I, I, I feel bad, actually, for Abimelech. I don't understand what his deal is and why he keeps scooping up, like, pretty women to be his wife. Like, <laughs> like that's clearly a, an issue that he has. But in his defense, it's women that he keeps being told are sisters and not wives. Like, there's no evidence that he's ever done anything bad or or disrespectful or sexual harassed an actual married woman. It's always been just available sisters. Anyway, but, but they weren't. It's all lies. But anyway, so he's about to, like, scoop her up and, like, send his guards to go to go get her. I guess it worked out fine for his dad. Maybe they just didn't learn a lesson. Like, that's just a thing they did to get rich. You know, because Abraham did it twice. But anyway, so they did the same thing. And just before poor King Abimelech is about to scoop her up and marry her, he kind of, like, catches them behind a building or whatever or something, caressing, like, I don't know, like, kind of, like, putting his arms on her where a brother normally wouldn't do so. And, and, and King Abimelech, like, loses his shit and is like, you are not touching her the right way that a brother and sister should be doing that. Like, what is up? And then he finds out, like, oh, he's actually Abraham's son. And he's like, what, what is up with your family? What is this? What is going on with you guys? You're all a bunch of weirdos. Stop telling people that you're related. Just say that you're married. It's okay. And <laughs> he's like, 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 I'm like, what if someone tried to sleep with her? And what if God killed them? Because I firsthand experience, like, that's what happens. He's like, no, stop it. And... <laughs> 
and Isaac's like, oh, I, I was afraid y'all would kill me because she's so pretty. And Abimelech's like, like, get over it. Like, stop. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man, what are you doing? <laughs> so he, so Abimelech is not messing around at this point. Like, he is so fed up with this family and their lies about wives and sisters and all that. He puts out a decree. He puts out a law in all the land that says if anybody anywhere tries to touch or have sex with with someone from this tribe's like wife or whatever that that person will be put to death like abimelech is being super proactive in this and he's like there see now it's a law no one can touch you or your wife or they will die i will kill them myself or have them killed myself whatever like it's a decree so now you can you can you can you stop with the shit like this is we're three weeks now, three stories of two one guy and then the second generation of like having this lie. And it's just bananas to me that like, it's just it's just ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> but first, let's talk about what I'm drinking. So the connection for today's episode and, and what I'm drinking came to me pretty quickly. In the past, there's been some very, very loose connections between what I'm what I'm drinking and the stories or, or really none at all in a lot of them. But this one was kind of a no-brainer, at least in names. It'll make more sense later. So for today, I am drinking a Jim Beam product, uh, which makes Jim Beam now the only brand to have appeared on the show twice. However, I'm not drinking, so congratulations to them, but I'm not drinking their regular Jim Beam bourbon that I've had before. Today, we're drinking their Red Stag line, uh, their, their product. And Jim Beam Red Stag is in their flavored line of whiskeys, which are all the rage right now, especially with products like Fireball out there, much to my chagrin. And there's like there's uh, honey products. Crown has been doing like a whole bunch of stuff. Even Jim Beam also has like a vanilla that I've had before. And there's a whole bunch of like the quote unquote the flavored whiskeys is, is all big right now. But but Red Stag is I think one of the first ones that they did. And it is a black cherry flavored whiskey that is technically a, a liqueur. They have to, I think, define it differently than regular bourbon or whiskey. It's a liqueur. They don't call it like a whiskey or bourbon with those flavors. They call it actually, this one's a black cherry liqueur infused with Kentucky straight bourbon or whatever. But but it's they have to, they have to name it a little bit differently just based on what's in the bottle. So there's a distinction right there. So, and because of that distinction, the purist in me always has a little bit of trouble with these flavored whiskeys because, you know, I, I don't want a different product. I don't know. It makes it sound like it's something else that they put some bourbon into to make it rather than having the bourbon as like the base that then you add a little bit of extra flavoring to. But I don't know. I have to research and figure out what the different semantics are because everyone does it. It's not just them. Like every every brand that does it, they'll have their flagship line, which is a straight up a whiskey or a bourbon or whatever. But then like, oh, the flavored ones, they have to switch all the wording around and make it something different. So like I said, the purist in me always kind of like has a little bit of an issue with this idea. However, <laughs> I am a huge fan of all things cherry. Cherries are hands down my favorite fruit or artificial flavoring or whatever you want to call it. Fresh, ripe cherries I'm into. Maraschino cherries, cherry Jolly Ranchers, cherry Kool-Aid, 
cherry cough syrup, like you name it, I am into it. I definitely once even broke up with a girl because she she just didn't like cherry things. I, I just, I can't even, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. <laughs> so I love, I love cherry stuff. And uh, this is one of my favorites because it's the two, the combination of the two things that I love is, is the cherry flavoring along with, with the bourbon whiskey. So that being said, it's, so the Red Stag, it's not the most complex of whiskeys. I can't really drink it straight or neat or on the rocks. It's, it's way too sweet for that. But I do really, really like it when I mix it with other stuff. If you've caught wind on the show, I don't drink uh, sodas usually. Uh, well, I don't drink sodas really at all. And I don't ever have a desire to mix my precious whiskeys or anything with with soda products except for this one because it's too sweet by itself in my opinion but you mix it with some stuff like ginger ale or if you get like a tart lemonade and mix it with that uh, it has a really great finish on there so there's definitely like ways to drink this that i'm a huge fan of and i do like this i've had it before seven up you could do too Um, there's other different versions with different cherry flavored brands out there but but I like all that stuff. So it's not, you know, it's not like a Lagavulin where I just like can pour it out straight from the bottle to my glass and just sip it and just enjoy it for what it is. This one needs uh, another component to it for me to really get into it. Otherwise, I, I have uh, in preparation for this show, I, I drank a couple of them just <laughs> just to get things started. And I drank them uh, first with neat and then with ice. And I definitely can't do that for very long, which is probably a good thing. It cuts me off. More so than uh, when I'm just drinking regular stuff. I could, regular whiskey, I could pretty much just drink forever until I pass out. Uh, not, not that I would ever, ever do that. Of course, I'm just, I'm just saying. But this one's too sweet and definitely hits hard, uh, like in my throat or you know, just like after a little while, you're just like, oh, like I need some water and, and but it's, but for mixing, it's fantastic and that's why I highly recommend it. So, anyway, I think the name Red Stag is gonna be pretty apparent later on as we get into it. Uh, for a couple different reasons it's a double play on words but that's what we're drinking today and i highly recommend it all right so where were we so at the age of 40 years old isaac finally gets married he's married to his wife rebecca and she i don't quite know for how long if it was like like the story just kind of picks up at 40 i don't know if they've been married for a while or if it was 20 years after that but it says that she was barren for 20 years she could not have children for 20 years of them trying Uh, but God ended up helping them finally get pregnant just as he had done with Abraham and Sarah and in fact even more so than he did with them Isaac and Rebecca they knock it out of the park when they finally do get pregnant and they get preggers with twins right off the bat but the pregnancy wasn't super easy also uh, the the fact that they had twins was a little bit of a spoiler and I probably maybe should have saved it because they didn't have ultrasounds and things back then they just like you were either not pregnant or then you were pregnant one day and they start noticing the belly grow and things and she doesn't know what's happening she doesn't know she has twins and she's got like a lot of pain going on with the pregnancy so she even cries out to god one day like and she's like wait am i dying are the like what's happening like are there are there complications with the pregnancy like she's legit like scared like not sure what's going on and i, and I get it i feel it like you don't have modern medicine. You don't know what's happening. You just, if you're in pain all the time, like, like something feels wrong, right? So she prays to God and God comes and he talks to her and he assures her that she would live. And he tells her 
there are two great nations fighting in her womb. That's when she found out she had twins, I guess. Like, like that's what, that was, what a, what a, <laughs> not, it's not quite like a gender reveal party or whatever, but it's <laughs> to, to find out that you're having twins and twin boys or whatever. Like, you know, when God just comes out and says, hey, by the way, like, you got, you got two nations fighting in your womb right there. That's a pretty big deal. So, but he says that these, these twins, even as fetuses, they're fighting tooth and nail inside of her. And that's why she's in so much pain. And, and so she's kind of happy that everything is okay. She kind of wishes they would like chill out a little bit, but whatever. She got her own little prophecy, which is cool. And uh, God wraps it up, wraps up the conversation by saying, uh, I'll have you know that the older shall serve the younger, which is also kind of a big deal. Because the oldest child is always like super special especially in, in these times. Um, and I would know. I mean, I'm the oldest of mine, and I'm definitely the most special. That's what my mom always said. <laughs> so anyway, so the time came to pass that Rebecca went into childbirth, right? And the first baby comes out, and the boy is covered head to toe in thick red hair. Like, just like the hairiest, reddest baby you've ever seen. But as he's coming out of the womb, right out, as they're pulling him out head first, his brother, his fetus infant brother's hand was clasped around his ankle. Like he was like, he was grabbing on, like in their moment of infant, like womb prison escape, like he's, he's grabbing on to the, his foot and just, and like, I guess like, I guess he got pulled out a little bit too, because he just like had such a tight grasp on him. Like they definitely were, they were fighting, they were doing something. And anyway, but because then, so they pull out the, the, the older one and they name him Esau, which means red, right? Uh, which I guess he was. Uh, he's a ginger. And then, but the younger one that was grabbing Esau's foot, they name him Jacob, which means supplanter, which also means, uh, I guess, like heel grabber, which there's a little bit of, <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard the expression. I think it's it's older now. But the expression pulling your leg or pulling my leg, it was a saying that my own uh, Mima and, and Papa used to say all the time. You know, it just means like joking or lying, but not lying in a mean way, but like a joking way or whatever. Never quite made sense to me, but they'd always say that. Like I'd joke around or whatever, and uh, they, they're like, oh, are you, are you pulling my leg, Matthew, or whatever? That's what they always say. Uh, that's what I always thought of is like, so Jacob is this trickster. He's clever or not quite the same but we can like if you want to also wrap your head like not nah, uh, i shouldn't even say this but like like pulling the rug out from someone like like not the same but like imagine like that's that's another feat like expression of like oh you lose your footing like you're 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 pulling their leg like it's a it's a trickster tricky like prank prank thing or something i don't know not, not quite the same but that's the type of idea that this whole idea of him being a supplanter and anyway a very clever person uh, Esau was a real man's man, a hunter, an outdoorsy type guy, a real a real Ron Swanson. But Jacob, he was not that. Jacob preferred time indoors and reading books and learning about things, good at cooking and all this stuff. And I kind of like, this is not biblical at all, but I always in my brain thought of it as Esau as being more like Thor the badass, the warrior, whatever, the hunter, you know, a rough, brash, hairy, hunter, outdoorsy guy. And then Jacob, more like Loki, like he's the smart one, the cunning one, you know, the, the trickster. 
he he was he was better with words and things <laughs> so that's that's kind of how i just envision them a little bit in my head but here's the thing spoiler alert jacob is the one that we're supposed to be rooting for jacob is the lineage line uh, even the prophecy that god gave to rebecca when she was having uh child pains or whatever you know birth what not even birthing pains but pregnancy pains when she, when she was having all that he says that the older will serve the younger esau will serve jacob even though so even though i just made the analogy of esau being like thor and then jacob being like loki loki slash jacob is the hero of this story so we gotta keep that in mind um but it also says that isaac their father loved esau more because he was a super big fan of the animals that his son would kill and he liked well i mean, not so much of the animals themselves, but eating the animals. He liked to eat the animals that his son hunted and killed. And But his mother loved her gentle, quiet, indoorsy son, Jacob, more. They say you're not supposed to have favorites like when you have children, but clearly they didn't care about that. They they broke all the rules, and, and they, they had a clearly defined favorite, each one of them. So, But it worked out. It's fine. It was one for each of them. So. And there's this other thing in, in Bible ancient Bible times and culture there's this thing called a birthright and the birthright is like when the parents they do their will for all their belongings you know before they pass away when they write out the will the oldest son is supposed to get extra or double portions of the inheritance right you give twice as much or you know to the to the first one than you do to the rest of them you get a double portion my dad my dad used to say that it was it was really just a fair policy in the bible probably one of the most fair in the bible because young parents when they have their first child they have absolutely no idea what they're doing or how to raise a human being and they probably mess it up and they screw the kid up and results in years of therapy and whatever and in order to help compensate for that it's only natural that the oldest one would get a double portion because the rest of the kids they had some time to practice right the first baby is the guinea pig that they screw up and the rest of them like ah, they have a better chance of turning out okay so the oldest one gets a double portion to help compensate for being the guinea pig of the family and that's what my dad used to say and i mean whatever i'm the oldest child of my family and um I mean, just look at me i mean he He's, he's he's clearly wrong he's clearly not wrong however, however you want to play it um i definitely need therapy but whatever anyway so one day as the boys were growing up esau was out hunting all day in the woods doing his thing and jacob was at home making some stew right let's, let's make some soup so esau had, had an unlucky day right out hunting and just nothing went his way and he comes back home without having killed anything and he was exhausted and he was frustrated and he was starving and uh, he comes in from the failed hunt and he smells the stew that jacob was making that was boiling you know over the fire or whatever and he demanded that his brother jacob give him some of that stew or else he might die of starvation like <laughs> super super dramatic but okay He's like, I'm going to starve. You need to give it to me. But Jacob, Loki, the trickster, says no. Nope, not going to give you the stew. Not that easy, at least. He says, I'll trade you. If you really, really are going to starve and die, if you really want this stew that badly, I will offer you a trade. I will give you the stew. You can have the whole stew, the whole pot, everything I made. You can have the whole thing. You can give all of it. But I want your birthright. I want your firstborn son privileges. 
the double portion of the inheritance. And the brash, hot-headed Esau says, What good is it being in the will? What good is the double inheritance if I die of hunger before I even get it? Right? Like, slightly slightly dramatic. But And, and Jacob's like, uh, So, is, is that a yes? Is that a yes, brother? And Esau, Esau says, Yes, take it. I swear it. I swear you can have my birthright. Just give me some soup. And... And then it happened. That's what he gave him the soup, and he's like, "All right, I don't know. I guess it was just a, a word thing. I don't know if there was a special token or something that he handed over, and like, here you go. This is the official. You present this at the time of our father's passing, and you'll get the the birthright. I don't know how it all works, but he promised to give him the birthright, and and he bought it for a, a bowl of soup. So <laughs> that's kind of how the relationship was. Just a little, like, let you peek into it for just a bit." And then sometime later, I'm not sure how much, but their father is, is nearing his end, uh, Isaac. He's elderly, right? He's, his eyesight is going. Uh, he's all but blind. And all he can really do is just lay around in his tent and, I guess, you know, like just listen to Sports Center or whatever. And, and he knows that the end is near. And he, uh, he just listens to podcasts all day because he can't, he can't actually watch TV anymore. Uh, <laughs> and he, he calls to his favorite son, Esau, and he and he tells him to go out and hunt and kill a deer and bring him some venison. And then after, after Father Isaac, you know, eats of the venison, and, he, and he's like, after that point, I'm happy. I will give you your blessing. And these, and there's not the birthright. This is a blessing. And these blessings in the Bible are gold, man. They're gold, Jerry. They're, they're, they are the end all be all there's no this it's not like like you sneeze and like someone says you know god bless you or you know gesundheit like none none of that shit these are magic words and if you're like blessed if someone's like officially like lays hands not like a fight but like you know like like pray pray lays hands on you or whatever and gives you a blessing like that's supposed to be like for real for real so so he's like, you know, go ahead and, and hunt me a deer, bring back, bring back the venison, and I'll give you your, your, your blessing uh, to help you on your way in life. And of course, Esau's like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I want to go do that right now. So he runs off to go hunt and go get the venison, everything, and, and do everything. So, so Esau runs out, but Rebecca, the wife, hears the whole exchange and hears Isaac tell Esau about that it's time to get the blessing, and she starts thinking. So she runs to Jacob, her favorite child, and tells him everything she overheard and says, quick, I have an idea. Go get me two young goats and we'll cook them up just the way your dad likes it. I know what he likes. I know how to make it. We're going to cook them up the two goats just the way he likes it. He'll have no idea that they aren't the deer, right? He can't tell. If I cook him right, they, he won't, he won't, he won't, he won't know that they're, that they're goats instead of deer. Like, uh, did you guys hear Sam, the Samson one? What was the whole, uh, and he killed the lion as you would a goat, right? Like now we're cooking goats as you would a deer. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. And then she says, and then you can, you can trick him and you can give him the goats that taste like deer. And then he'll give you the blessing instead of Esau. Like they, they definitely took the whole favorite child thing very seriously. Like, like, like you're the one I like, you should get the blessing. You should get all the good stuff fuck your brother like i don't want him to get anything like kind of kind of rude but whatever and but jacob uh, jacob's not super cool with the idea he's like okay 
Okay, I see where you're going. Uh, I like like where your head's at, but I'm clearly not my brother. We are not anything alike. We are the polar opposite of each other. I don't sound anything like him. And like, holy crap, mom, Esau is hairy, and I'm all smooth. If, if what if dad touches me? If he touches me, he'll he will feel that I'm smooth and not hairy, and he'll know. And then he'll put a curse on me instead of blessing, which you don't want that. You don't, you know. Whew. No, you don't. That's the last thing you want. It's better not have the blessing than have the curse. But Rebecca's like, like no, like let let the curse be on me. Like I'll take the brunt of the curse. Now go do as I say. Go get me the goats, and I have a plan. So Rebecca starts getting cooking going, and she starts cooking the goats, and you know just the way that Isaac liked it. You know, cook, cooking a goat as you would a deer, and uh, <laughs> she does all that. And then she goes into Esau's bedroom and grabs his nicest clothes and tells Jacob to put them on. And so, so now Jacob's wearing like the oversized clothes, I guess, of his of his big burly brother. And then lastly, she she takes the goats that she had like killed to like cook up and everything, and as she was butchering them up, and she takes all all their like their skin and like fur, right? Like I, I guess as she skinned them before she butchered them, she takes their skin and fur and like glues them all over Jacob's body, like just like on his arms and on his neck and all this place. So he's got just like this like skin and hair of the goats like on his parts that aren't his body parts that aren't covered by the by his brother Esau's coats and jackets and whatever and stuff and so like yeah <laughs> with the whole idea being that if if Esau or if if, uh, if Isaac touches him he's gonna feel this goat hair on his arms and be like oh yeah that's my hairy son Esau like it checks out <laughs> and so Jacob, there Jacob is he's got on Esau's clothes and the extra goat hair on his arms and necks and he's got the goat that tastes like deer and everything and he goes into Isaac's tent right his his blind his elderly uh, blind father and Isaac hears him comes in and, he's, and Isaac says like who's there who's here and so Jacob says uh, it's me Esau I mean <coughs> I mean it's me Esau your firstborn your favorite definitely not my wimpy but still sort of handsome uh, brother Jacob not him I'm Esau here I have the meat you wanted and Isaac says, but you just left. You just went hunting. Hunting takes longer than that. And and then Jacob, pretending to be Esau, says, oh, well, God delivered the deer to me so that I may bring it to you faster. Surely we are blessed by God. And Isaac's all like, oh, yeah, that checks out. I get it. And Isaac's like, yeah, that checks out. Okay. But then Isaac pauses and like, but are you really Esau? You don't sound like Esau. Come here and let me touch you. Not in a weird way, but... <laughs> like, Jacob probably just tried to play it off like he had a cold. Like, no, I definitely sound like Esau. I mean, I am Esau. <laughs> but he moves in closer to Isaac, and Isaac starts, like, like reaching out, like, you know, because he can't see. And he puts his arms on on his son's arms, and then he feels the, the goat hair on his arms and then on his neck, and he, and he goes, huh, you... You sound like Jacob, but you feel like Isaac. And he, he says, come in closer, come in closer. And as he gets closer, he smelled Esau's clothes. He smelled what Esau smells like. Because Jacob had on his robes, which smelled like sweat and hunting and everything. And, and Isaac's just like, well, I guess there's no way to fake all of that. You're hairy. You smell like him. 
Everything checks out. Uh, two out of three identity checks. We're good. <laughs> we needed two forms of identification. Hairy arms, check. Smells like sweat and hunting, check. We're good. And he eats the meat, and he drinks some wine, and he gets ready to bless Jacob. Like, there we go. Or, or well, you know, he, he thinks it's Esau, but he's there. And he puts hands on Jacob's head, and he, and he just has a whole bunch of really really nice things there's no twist here it just you know he says you know god give you uh, what does he say like the dew of the sky and the fatness of the earth which is a good thing and uh and plenty of grain and new wine and let people serve you and nations bow down to you be lord over your brother let your mother's son bow down to you cursed be everyone who curses you and bless everyone who blesses you right and just gives him the whole silver platter like your life's gonna be pretty okay and jacob's like okay cool thanks bye <laughs> and he runs out of the tent pretty much immediately because your boy is not trying to get caught by his bro big brother like can you imagine that scene like he's in the tent wearing his brother's clothes wearing like goat like glued on goat skin and hair on his neck and arms like while his dad is blessing him like that would not have gone down smoothly at all so he he dips as soon as he can and just in time too because just after he leaves in walks esau with the venison with the deer that he had caught and he's all proud and he's smiling and he's like just super happy like he did it and he goes, it's kind of funny. He's like, he comes up, he's like, he goes like, Dad, it's me, Esau. You'll never believe how quickly I found this deer for you. Like, like luck is on our side. And Isaac goes, who the hell are you? <laughs> like, 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 like new, new phone, who dis? Like, 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 I just, I just gave a blessing to someone. And Esau doesn't understand what's happening. He's like, it's, it's me, your favorite son, Esau. Like, I'm here with the food that you just had requested for me to go get. So I get a blessing and then Isaac like puts it all together and then old man Isaac realized that he had been had and he starts crying and he tells Esau that he's so sorry and he says that Jacob tricked him and that Isaac sort of kind of a little bit accidentally gave all of Esau's blessings to his brother Jacob, his dick of a brother Jacob, trickster Loki Jacob. And Esau falls on the floor crying like big, rugged, uh, hairy ginger of a man just falls on the floor crying very dramatic and tears rolling down his face as he as he wails and he clutches his father's robes and he screams and he says bless me too father bless me too you can do that right surely you still have words to say just give me a blessing they're literally they're free just give me a free blessing it's like just tell me something give me something and isaac shakes his head and, he, and he's crying and he says no i mean you're my favorite but but jacob really tricked me i gave him all the best blessings i gave him the every all the good stuff everything i could think of i gave to him uh, i blessed him that he would always be better than you and he would be richer than you and uh that you would work for him a little bit like i kind of kind of gave him everything um and esau is distraught esau is a mess and he's like, you know, first he tricks me when I was dying of starvation from, and he gets my birthright for a thing of soup. And now my blessing also, he tricks my father into giving him my blessing. I lost my birthright and my blessing. He goes, curse you, Jacob. Is there really nothing left, father? There's nothing you can give me, nothing you can say. 
And so I guess Isaac thinks for a second, and he's like, puts his brain to work. And he's like, all right. And he, and he says, I'll give you a blessing. And it is the most, like, paltry, uh, the, the consolation prize magic blessing that I've ever heard. And he basically just says, like, Esau, here's the deal. Here's the blessing. Like, like you're going to have a really hard life. You're going to live by the sword. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be silver platter life. You will be. You will have to be a servant under your brother because that was the blessing I gave. But with this, you know, this new blessing, right? This new addendum, right? The amendment to the blessing. He says, eventually, you will get out from under him, and you will stop being his servant, and then you will be your own nation. And I'm like, he's like, that's the best I got. That's all I can do. And Esau was mad. He was so mad, and he told himself. Uh, out loud, I think, <laughs> he, he under his breath or something, he goes, as soon as father dies, as soon as dad passes away, as soon as we're done mourning his death, as soon as the funeral's over, mark my words, I will kill my brother Jacob. Right? He is, he is not happy. And uh, luckily, though, some, some servants or whatever overheard Esau's threat. And they told the mom, Rebecca, who then told Jacob about it. And she tells him that you need to get the fuck out. <laughs> you need, you have to go. She tells him, go live with my, with, it's her brother, Laban. So it's Jacob's uncle. Go live with Laban and stay there for just a few days until Esau calms down and he stops wanting to kill Jacob. And she says, don't worry, it won't be for a long time. Uh, as soon as each Esau is chill, then I'll send a messenger for you and you can come back home, right? Just go, just go disappear for a little while, ride out the storm, and then we'll be okay. So Jacob's like, okay, like, I guess that makes sense. And then, so here's what's kind of weird. Jacob doesn't immediately leave in like in the middle of the night or anything. It doesn't like disappear. They actually, uh, Jacob and Rebecca, his mom, Rebecca, they go talk to Isaac. And Isaac doesn't doesn't get mad, doesn't reprimand Jacob or anything, but he confirms what Rebecca had said. And he's like, there is no way your brother is not going to kill you as soon as I'm dead. You definitely need to go. Like Isaac didn't do any kind of like, let me handle this or let me talk him down or or let me let me try to work out the situation. Like don't don't do any anything drastic just yet. Like let me see what I can do. No, Isaac's like yep you gots to go your brother will definitely kill you like <laughs> you are a dead man walking unless you leave so he sends jacob off to go live with his uncle laban and he says so he says go live with your uncle go in peace and to carry the blessing of abraham with him right the the lineage uh the blessing right and then he tells him to, to when he gets over there and, and when he's in laban's territory to take a wife and everything and make him proud and be a man and whatever and all that kind of stuff so so jacob runs off jacob leaves and then runs off to go live with his uncle laban so that his brother doesn't kill him because he's super super mad at him and that's about where we're going to end the story we're going to pick up where jacob uh, connects with his uncle laban and everything that goes with that next time and that's super interesting also but i want to pause real quick right here there's a little bit of a side theory that i want to talk about and I, I don't even, I don't know if anyone else agrees with this or whatever, but it's not a theory that I've really heard much of before. But a theory that I personally have is like, it goes like this. So I think that Isaac knew that the 
the promise with God, the lineage, the, the Abraham lineage, right? The mortgage that was signed, the covenant had was supposed to flow through and like and based on the prophecy that God gave to Rebecca when she was pregnant with the twins about the older would serve the younger. I think that that Isaac knew that Jacob, even though he liked like he liked Esau more, right? That was his favorite son. He still knew that Jacob was supposed to be the one. So I kind of, I kind of think that, and maybe this ruins the story. I don't know. Maybe it was just great the way it was. I'm, I probably shouldn't even talk about this, but I kind of just don't think that Isaac would have been fooled by this. And I think that he was playing along. Like I think he conspired with his wife. Like they're the ultimate tricksters. They tricked the sons into thinking that they were being tricked right like it was a like a double con no that doesn't make sense but like like isaac isaac wasn't fooled he knew it was jacob the whole time and i i I think it was planned i think it was part of it because that's how they knew what it was supposed to be because like who would be confused by goat hair on arms like goat hair have you ever have you ever touched a goat goat hair is so weird and it's not like any human being's hair i've ever felt before it is it's kind of like rough and it's coarse and it's i mean it's 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 weird and it's different i don't like goats i don't know if i said that before we've had a few goats before goats are weird animals man they are they're pretty annoying their eyes are so weird have you ever looked at a goat's eyes like anyway they're pretty gross anyway but like it's a whole different whole different conversation and he killed the lion as you would a goat but anyway goats are weird uh i just i think i think isaac was hip to it the whole time and it was all planned and um that was how it was supposed to go down but that's just a theory a bible theory that's that's the story of the story of esau sort of kind of like thor and jacob sort of kind of like loki and all the tricks that he did and how he got the birthright from some soup and then stole the blessing out from under his brother esau and it will heat up i promise you that as we get into stories later like their story their feud is not over so check back next week tune in next time <laughs> we've got a lot more to cover and we're going to talk about oh there's also this other little thing it's kind of random kind of weird i forgot to mention so like this whole thing when like isaac's like yep go with blessing go with god or whatever like go visit your brother laban and and get a wife while you're over there in laban's territory because apparently there was an undercurrent of of not liking the women that were around where they were living currently and Esau had already taken like uh I'm gonna misquote this if you fact check me I'm definitely gonna be wrong on this but I think like two wives already from this area two or three wives I guess Esau like catches wind of the fact that that Jacob like dips to go be over with Laban or whatever Laban's people and and Esau gets like really like butthurt that that he finds out that his dad wants his brother to go marry a good girl from from Laban's territory and not one of the the hoes from around where they live and so Esau goes out and gets like a third wife but from a a better group of people like to make his dad proud like it's a very weird like an extra like whole like paragraph in the passage and like like yeah like and Esau was butthurt and like felt bad for disappointing his dad on the women that he chose to marry so he went and found a nice girl and married her but it doesn't say he ever got any kind of uh like, like like his dad never acknowledged it like oh i'm finally glad you picked up a good girl instead of some thought from 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 around here like i don't know he doesn't get any credit for it but anyway never mind we don't need to talk about all that but that's the story of jacob and esau and how the lineage is continuing and tune in next time on getting biblical
Hope that you have a fantastic day. Hope that you enjoyed it. And cheers. <laughs>